And I'm Lars. Two guys talking about every fantasy movie ever made. Lars, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am doing great. It's been a couple weeks. Things have been going pretty well. We uh, uh, we went and saw a Post Malone concert. Everything is... I have ever learned about Post Malone, I have learned against my will. <laughs> he, he's pretty talented, man. Puts on a good show. Seems like a pretty interesting guy. His songs are really good. We had a lot of fun. We didn't have as lo- as much fun as like everyone else in the room, <laughs> everyone else in the arena, because they were all singing along and we we're like, "Hey, we know Sunflower," <laughs> but um, we had a fun. It, it was more let's just go and see somebody and get out of the house and go to a, a, a major concert, like a big name oh, person cool. now. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. And yeah, otherwise just been I think we had our first snowfall since we spoke here in North Carolina and it's likely that was the end of winter. We had yeah. one day of winter and now it'll be spring for the rest of the, of the duration and then it'll go into summer. How That's, about you? What how's how's Colorado? It's good. I haven't done a whole lot just getting settled, figuring out what we're doing. Been doing a lot of trivia nights. At bar trivia, which I'm a big fan of, won the last time around, which was nice. Yeah, just trying to stay calm, finding good restaurants. Found a great little breakfast place, which is funny because I'm not really a breakfast person because that involves being up at a reasonable hour. And <laughs> and no, no, I've actually become somewhat of a morning person over the past couple of years. Where I'm now, if I'm up at six, I'm immediately awake and alert, and like I don't want to be, but I have to be because I can't fall back asleep. Right, and see, and and see, I am the exact opposite. I am like you know up and at them, feet hit the floor, ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know that is that's that's been my my mo. <laughs> yeah, no, I have I have become more of that because like if I'm awake. I'm immediately alert, and it's it really bothers me sometimes because I just would like to go back to, like, uh, but I can't because I can hear everything. So this is an interesting one for us because this is a year of us doing this. Yeah. doesn't sound like it should, well, it doesn't sound right. No. Well, like you mentioned with Tide Pods. Yeah. Last, last a couple go, uh, episodes ago where Tide Pods was the, the beginning of January 2019. Yeah. I don't know where the year went of us talking to each other like this. Nope. This flew by. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say that we've gotten better at this. Uh, we absolutely have. The the production values alone. I mean, we actually have a logo and we have a theme song, but we also have microphones. Use actual microphones. Yeah, that's kind of impressive. What's been the most fun about it for you for this past year? One, it's I have appreciated like movies that I I love. I'm going back and rewatching them and and rewatching them, knowing that there's like these things about them that I can appreciate more. And even the bad ones, I get to watch bad movies from time to time and either a not feel bad about it or B, watch these things and and regain an appreciation of of a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's like every now and then a McDonald's burger is perfect and exactly what you need. Yeah. But then it makes it so that you can go to an actual place and like, yep, this is even better. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, and you know, part of it for me is also there's such a glut of stuff out there in in streaming, right? There's so much stuff to watch. This has almost kind of helped narrow it down a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Where it's like, all right, here's the infinite things to watch. Then we're just going to start watching these things yeah so that's been kind of nice but yeah. you know th- i think the biggest thing for me though and, and not to get sappy but just uh have an excuse to chat with you and and uh yeah go over you know because this has been a big year i think for both of us right i mean you you've moved you you, you know got a new job and and you know with us you know we're, we're still doing our program and there, this is kind of a big time in both of our lives and it's, it is kind of neat to to have an excuse to just talk about something not, just talk about something and, and not just hey how you doing okay yeah fine you're still alive. Great. See you later. Um, you know, so it's, it's uh, 
it, it's been that's been uh, something that I've I've really appreciated about. This yeah, no, I, I like that. I've appreciated that. That like I I get to hang out with my brother from time to time, and it's nice. Yeah, that's nice. What's the worst thing? Deathstalker. I would say Deathstalker <laughs> three. Yeah. God. I'm going to say that we this episode we once again found the bottom. I I don't know about that. Well, we'll get we'll, we will burn that bridge when we get there. It's gonna go pretty low. I'm not I'm not denying that. So let's start with something better. Let's let, okay. let's go let's go best to worst. Okay. So I think honestly we're gonna get into this because the second best movie I know is your favorite movie. Like legit, hands down, yes. that's your favorite movie. But I think we both can can agree this other movie is a better movie and it's and it's and i'm making air quotes here like it's just a better better construction film but if we had started with the number two movie i wouldn't have been too upset yeah i think you can you can probably interchange them at this point so in any case first movie we're going to talk about might not feel like a fantasy movie from the outset it is the fifth element luke basson um it is his 1997 it's a french science fiction action film but there is a ton of fantastical elements this this is fantasy in the same way that Star Wars is is a fantasy movie with wires taped to it. Right. And but I I would say this is more sci-fi than Star Wars. Yes. But this is because because this is a clear extension of Earth mm-hmm. and our world, whereas Star Wars is not. Yeah. Star Wars has laser swords and vague telepathy powers. This has explicit right. magic. Oh, no. I, and Exactly. And that's why I do not feel weird calling this a fantasy movie or talking about it in this mm-hmm. podcast. It, it is definitely sci-fi. I mean, yeah. hands down. It is a sci-fi movie, but it's also a fantasy movie, too, because where the science stops, a whole lot of mysticism. Yeah, it's, it's a very soft sci-fi film. Right. There, there's very much. Because, like, on one end, yeah, you've, I mean, got, you've got uh, 2001 and The Martian, which are very hard grounded sci-fi and then on the other end you've got the only thing that's basically softer than this is Barbarella right well so 2001 is a hard sci-fi movie but there's also mystical elements in yeah. it but those mystical elements are more the unknown yeah and, and it's and all more like right so this one is more I mean you know there's the obelisks and there are these other but but that there's sentient beings that are out there putting that thing. yeah whereas with this one it's almost as a it's a, a sci-fi movie mm-hmm that gets kind of creeped on by a fantasy movie. Like a, like a, like a fantasy movie invades it, mm-hmm. almost. You know, so to the point where t- Gary Oldman has black stuff creeping down his face. Yeah. You know, so like, he's a sci-fi villain, and then a fantasy guy comes into him. It what's really... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. Well, it's, it's funny, because it is, because the primary protagonist, Corbin Dallas, and the primary antagonist... Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, mm-hmm. they never interact. No. Yep. The closest they come is one gets off an elevator, the other one's getting on. And, yep. and it's it's fantastic for that. I have um, talked about this movie and a bunch of other movies with a friend of mine that is like, this is the best accidental adaptation of Final Fantasy that's ever been made. This is a Final, <laughs> this is a Final Fantasy movie. It just happens yeah. to, it's got the elements, it's got Magitech. There's some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a magical elf woman. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a stupid bard because you know it's a Super Nintendo version of the Final Fantasy games. Right. So A to B plot. A to B plot. Well, we're gonna get into that too. Because <laughs> um, because Luke Basson had an imagination, and I'm not gonna fault him for that. I I but yeah, we're gonna this talk is, about. He is a this. fan of French <laughs> comics. And yeah, so this yeah, Valer- this Valerian is all over this before he made Valerian. Yeah. A to B plot. There are there's a evil entity that comes back every five thousand years. He 
he's coming back in 48 hours, basically. And in order to stop him, this ancient weapon that has been given to us from another race, we need to harness this weapon to defeat it. And Bruce Willis's character is basically trying to protect the weapon and find the way to activate it. Right. That, that's that's the spare bones kind of thing. And then everything else gets piled on. I'm going to talk about positives first. I love Bruce Willis. I've always loved Bruce Willis. I think he's a great protagonist. Mm-hmm. I like the roles where he gets to do more than just gruff and grumble. Mm-hmm. And he kind of is has some comedic moments in this that work for me. <laughs> um, Are you human? Negative. I am a meat popsicle. Right. <laughs> like he just, he, he looks very French in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's blonde hair. He's got all this like French outfits and stuff. I don't know. I just, he, I, he works in this movie for me. I think he was like, he's a really great action hero in that he's not Jack, right? right. Like he's not like a, a roided out guy. He's an everyman guy. And I, that's why I always appreciated him as an action star because you know, it, it's one of those, like it's, you, you project out into it. Like what if I was locked in a, in a tower full of terrorists? Yeah, he's, he's maybe, maybe I could go do that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> or like, what if I was in a, you know, what if I'm trying, you know, I'm a cabbie in New York and a, and a alien falls into my cab. How am I going to protect her? Yeah. It's one of those things that, that people get wrong with a lot of the Die Hard in an X films in that, right. and that they always end up having a super jacked guy be the thing like the whole Olympus has fallen stuff where right. he's he's the, you know a super soldier and he's just that's not why Die Hard works. Die Hard works. No, Die Hard works is just he's just he's almost a schlub. Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he may be he right. may be a, a cop and a good cop, but he's a guy. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of a lot of them have problems like that. Yeah. No, I remember watching this in, in theaters with dad mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah and, we watched that together and I remember since this movie came out my dad's primary complaint is Ruby Rod oh yeah yeah so here you know what my primary complaint is what by the time that we get to Ruby Rod who I think is a pretty funny character and I really enjoy yeah. him mm-hmm. I can't enjoy him fully enough because I'm overwhelmed by everything else that has taken place already I get that there, there's just when in rewatching I haven't watched this in a long long time and I actually watched this with Elizabeth the other night mm-hmm. we only made it through half of it I I watch the rest of it later but we were both like man there's just a lot of stuff in this and I don't know how much of it really drives things forward you know I, I like when the, the Monachiwans so the Monachiwans are the, the race that has given us the four four stones and, or, the, and, and they, the and they take them away and they take them away at the beginning because World War One's about to happen. World War One's about to happen. They take him away, and Luke Perry is in it and is drawing stuff. But those for draw- five minutes, and he gets like and top he gets billing. top billing. Those drawings that he's making never. Okay, again, I'm gonna get to nitpicking later. Like really, really nitpicking later. They take off. It cuts to 300 years later. You know, it's this crazy, incredible. Like it's a a future that I have not seen anywhere else. See, really. See what what to me. What I thought was interesting, because I have seen that future in one other place, and that's Futurama. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most depressingly realistic-looking futures that could yeah. exist. Because it's just, it's the same. It's just taller. Yes, it's the same, but just taller. And everybody has horrible acne. I don't know if you noticed that, but there's everybody... Has really the, bad skin, yeah. Really bad skin. The part that I, I didn't remember, so the Munichi ones come back. Like, so so the evil appears. We're going to shoot a bunch of rockets at it. We don't know what's going on. The Munichi ones come back, like, with the fifth element. And like with the yeah. weapon. And then these ships come out of nowhere and like it's another race of aliens. And I was like, oh, I forgot about those guys. Like the Mangalores? Yeah. And at that point, there's all these other things that have happened that would just be enough for the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the Mangalores come in and then they're trying to get weapons from Zorg and Zorg's double crossing him for this. And then, you know, the priests are trying to do this. And then the Mangalores are now trying to double cross Zorg. And, 
and blah, 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 blah. And then there's super green Ruby Rod. And at that point, I'm like, well, I don't know. Eh. Yeah. It, eh. There's so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned you watched this with, with Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. This is literally the first movie Victoria and I ever watched together. Nice. Yeah. Like, somehow we were just flipping through them. And I'm like, have you ever seen The Fifth Element? It's like, I know it's a movie with Bruce Willis. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. that's that's a great that's the best way to drop someone into something like that. Mm-hmm. I I love Mila Jovovich in it because she's she's just a great actress in general. But I like the uh, child her like. yeah that's what I mean. She's like an elf lady. She's mm-hmm. the she's the girl from from Bright mm-hmm. or or rather other way around because mm-hmm. that's that's influenced I would say a bunch of different people over the years is that mm-hmm. particular uh, that character. It's got big action set pieces and just tons of character actors in the background that you don't know like the uh the bosun on the on the ship um, yeah he was he's uh the only other role i know him from is mousetrap mouse, mouse hunt yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of neat yeah there's a lot of stuff in it and, and this is not a bad movie it just feels like it could have done with a little bit of editing like some of the things you could have pulled back on because if it's just like more 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 then i i, I would of it doesn't land for me i guess i'm at the point in my life where i realized that that that's that would be great what i would love to see in this would be if this had come out now as an hbo miniseries yeah no absolutely yeah and just it just blow it out of the water with just absurd um set pieces and like you have the time to dedicate to weird bits like ruby rod yeah like ruby rod or the um i forget what his name is but he, he's the actor that's deaf oh god yeah king um and he's stone deaf and he's stone deaf the uh, uh or the um god what was it the one of the things that that shows up in every anytime anyone talks about it and was in every trailer the opera yeah and that's such an alien looking well, alien, but the whole, it's so dreamy looking and it's interposed mm-hmm. with so many different sequences in the background. I love it. I've always loved that sequence. Oh, the, the, the opera is great. And then, yeah, when she's like fighting, like, because there's an opera and then Lilu is fighting the Mangalores and there's all, the, you know, there's a lot of good, like, cutting back and forth set pieces. Mm-hmm. I really like the, um, so basically Corbin Dallas is Bruce Willis. He's down on his luck. He was an ex-military guy. He, there's a bunch of people that are trying to get to this, uh, it's it's a cruise, Flossen's, Parad- Flossen's Paradise. They're trying to get on this cruise because there's an opera singer on the cruise and she's going to have the stones that will allow Lilu, the fifth element, to become the weapon that will defeat the dark thing that is now hurtling towards Earth. Right. And it's like Gary Oldman's character, Zorg, he wants it. The priests that were sent to protect Lilu but are bumbling, they want it. The military wants it. The Mangalores want it. The cutting back and forth of when they're all trying to get on the spacecraft. But, you know, like there's a great, like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of scenes of like, this guy's trying to get on this way. This guy's trying to get on this way. And then Ruby Rod's going down on one of the the flight attendants while all this is happening it it, there's a it's a really stylish movie it's really well filmed it's beautiful it's interesting i'm never you're never bored no at all and it's all it's never like a a camera b camera cut one shot two shot this person talks this person talks it's always an interesting way that it's all filmed Mm-hmm. But it just there, there's so much stuff going on that I, I don't know. I, I I could have done with a little bit less. Ruby Rod was not something I would have done less with. I actually liked him. I think yeah. he's, he he adds a, a breath of levity. There's something that was really odd to me, and I don't know if this was odd to you too. You know, it's this sci-fi fantasy action epic and then there's a lot of comedy in it, or like attempts at comedy. And yep. whenever there's a comedy mo- moment, the music goes. Yep. 
dun 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 and it's just like why is that here because it's a final fantasy movie because that that shit happens in final fantasy all the goddamn time i didn't like that i don't i didn't say i like it either i'm just saying that's one of those little bits of thing of evidence like this is final fantasy like and here's the dumb here's the dumb joke here's a yeah here's a really stupid joke here's like a really like they're all like the military people get pushed into a freezer and they're fine afterwards and they're fine afterwards yeah it just so okay so pause for a second because i was um i was at a a comic book convention a couple years ago and there was a guy dressed as the guy who tries to mug him with the hat with the hat hat and everything such a specific reference (laughs) i saw that i saw that i'm like and i I went over like i had to shake his hand like this is the best cosplay i've ever seen in my entire life yeah that's awesome and that that was that worked for for humor because it's such a like wait what and what, he, what he's talking about, folks, if you haven't seen it, is um, Corbin goes, you know, he, he looks at his peephole and he sees his hallway. His hallway and, like, he goes checks before he exits and he opens the door and there's somebody that is mugging him. Like, there's somebody at the door and he's all, like, hopped up on whatever. And Space math. Space math. Um, but his hat was, like, a picture of the hallway. So he put that up to the keyhole so that way anybody that looked out would see the, just an empty hallway, which is a pretty cool scam. Yeah. <laughs> but just, like, yeah, that's that's hilarious that you saw somebody doing that. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was an interesting movie. I, I Even on rewatch, I, I still think it's good. It, it's better than a lot of the movies that we've watched. Um, <laughs> easily. Easily. It's lost some of its luster for me, if I'm going to be honest, mostly because the protagonist and the antagonist never really meet. Well, that, I think, is a really interesting choice, because they are... Yeah. Well, the well, gr- well who, who are the antagonists, really? Well, I mean, I mean the person... This is a really interesting one, because you've got uh, Mr. Shadow, who's driving the plot, but the, the thing that, that is causing all of the... All the problems for our protagonist is Zord. Maybe at the behest of of Shadow, but nothing. It's a mini boss kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and then where do the Mangalores fit in? Because they're they're actual physical like threats. Zord physical threats. Yeah. I don't, I, I liked it. And, yeah, and, I love this and, movie. And, and, and also, upon watching Valerian, mm-hmm. have you seen that one? Not yet. No. Yeah, you have. You watched ha- this. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is a really cool set piece in Valerian where they go to basically a, an interdimensional market. Okay. So they go to a planet and they step in and, and in another dimension, this is a, I think it's an interdimensional market. This space is a market. So now you are walking around in another market. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, I don't know, that, that was the one cool set piece in Valerian. Everything else, you don't need to see it. It's really not that great. But this, you know, I cannot, I can't follow a movie that has a lot of ideas and a lot of neat things. And I, I just remember, I remember watching a, like a behind the scenes of this or mm-hmm. something. Because we watched a lot of those as kids. We watched a lot of those as kids. A lot of movie magics, a lot of like, you know, shows like that on AMC and all that kind of stuff. And Luke Besson like knew each one of the Mangalore's names. Yeah. And, and he and it showed him like designing all the guns. Like he, he, he was in, involved in the production 
design, which is incredible yeah. in this movie. Great production design. So detailed. And like, so this was a, a vision of a movie that he had. And I don't fault him for that. Like, I can't, I can't be like, that's, I can't that's on one side of I... things and like, oh, there's no new movies and there's no new stories and everything's just blah, blah, blah. And then at the same time, blast this movie for, man, this is just way too much creativity. <laughs> like, you know, like I can't, I can't do that. So. that. That's something I have noticed in a lot of, like, I'm, we're coming around on, on a lot of films and I'm seeing it specific in one specific film more than anything else but this has it has elements of it where we're noticing set dressing and and weird vision mm-hmm. and i'm noticing there's a huge turnaround on in popular consensus about the super mario brothers movie which a lot of people are talking about it lately like this isn't particularly good but it's got this strange vision and it's so much production value was went into how weird of a movie it looks and I appreciate that because it's always like it looks this is one of those where well all the guns look real and they someone went through and dressed the sets beautifully and perfectly and made everything look hard and look real mm-hmm. and, there's... And, and and to, to our audience you can't hear the face I'm making when he's describing Super Mario Brothers in a positive light but it's not a good one <laughs> so just wanted to make sure you you got that um, so, um, <laughs> what, what I, I am not in the, the, the consensus of a turnaround for Super Mario Brothers. I, I think what, what in this case, because why I'm mentioning the set dressing and, and production design is that it's in service to a, an, uh, a story that is at times confusing and at times overstuffed, but it is in, entertaining. And it's also, also at the service of some really great performances. Now, Gary mm-hmm. Oldman's hamming it up like crazy. But Bruce Willis, this is a this is a good like Corbin Dallas is a cool action yeah, hero for him. Yeah, he's playing it's it's more a throwback to like uh moonlighting than his action yes, heroes. Absolutely. Yep. Mila Jovovich is great in it. Yeah, this was this was a fun one. Um and, mm-hmm. and again the the mis- the fantastical elements of it are yeah, there's a bunch of science, but there's this mystical evil that comes back every five thousand years. And yeah. there is this superhuman weapon that takes in all the elements of fire wind water and earth and and is able to defeat it which i love that scene at the end that scene at the end is wonderful where they figure out like how to open the stones is that you have to blow on the wind one you have to put water on the water one you have to put air on the earth or earth on the earth one and then he and it's so well set up like you know that he smokes and you see early on in the movie that he's got two matches. He lights one yeah. of them, and now he only has one more. So when he takes that last box, you're like, "Oh, that was set up. That's so good." Yeah, I I remember. Oh, so it's fire burns, rain falls, wind blows. What does Earth do? Uh, dirts. <laughs> My only thought is Earth, <laughs> Earth moves. Earth, Earth, Earth dusts. <laughs> Um, earthquakes earthquakes now i uh yeah i dug this one this is it was yeah. it was fun it, it was a little like i said overstuffed but it, it uh a lot of it held up pretty well yeah i agree <laughs> um so my movie is probably my literal favorite movie every time i watch it i feel better about everything around me <laughs> i i i don't know why i started watching this but i i the only movies that i have seen more are maybe Excalibur and Back to the Future. Mm. So, Krull <laughs> is... <laughs> We're so, going to get here eventually, folks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Krull is uh, an Strap 80s... Strap in. Yeah, Krull is an 80s adventure film, 80s fantasy adventure film. Read um, lots of cocaine. That's what he says, <laughs> 80s. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Krull. It's a 1983 fantasy film by Peter Yates with music by Richard Horner, who he has been he has spent his entire career. He spent his entire career ripping off this soundtrack because this is this soundtrack. There's there's chunks of it that are that show up in Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan was before this. Huh. Okay. I'm wrong. No, that's fine. I just for some reason I have audio recording of him saying that. Look, I have never had any problem saying I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but you're you're right in that James Horner has ripped on because this actually is different than Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. soundtrack. The, you're, you're right. This this is different than the Wrath of Khan. There are elements of it. Yeah, how, I'm just saying like the. Well, I was just gonna say that how much of this movie depends on this absolutely ball busting wonderful soundtrack. The um, music in this movie in this movie is absolutely incredible. It's probably about the same way that Dragonheart does. Or Jaws. Like, Jaws is not the same movie without that theme, right? No, no. If, it, if you had Yakety Sax playing the whole time in Jaws, it would not... It, it would not be, be a... the same movie. <laughs> Craw- crawl without this James Horner score Sound. is, is going to be... Flat and dead. So, so flat and dead. Yeah. and But that's, that's, that's part of the magic of film, is that oh, it's absolutely. all... absolutely. So, standard plot, standard fantasy plot, because to the point where there's a lot of rumors where this was supposed to be the first attempt at a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yes, I heard that. And there's no, there's no confirmation on it, but there's enough weird elements to it that where I would be willing to, to say, okay, maybe. So, there's these evil monsters from space. They are coming to the planet, crawl to marry a woman, to have an empress who would take over the... to have a have a child who would take over the galaxy. They've been coming to this planet for a while. There's a couple of kingdoms that have been warring for years. They've decided to do a lie, and their kids are going to marry and become one kingdom, and they're going to fight, and, and they can win together. So Slayers attack the wedding. They kidnap the woman. The prince, Corwin, or Colwyn, yeah, Colwyn gags, uh, gathers a ragtag, you know, adventuring party of various characters who none of them matter except for Liam Neeson and Robbie Beltrain. Right, and they and they go to save print the the princess Princess uh, Lissa. Lissa. Yeah. yeah. So this is just it's there's so many great little bits, and there are a lot of really cool characters with mm-hmm. like the Cyclops, who his race gave away one of their eyes for for future sight to the beast, but it turns out all I can see is when they die, you know, and so they hate him and they try and kill Slayers now, and there's Ergo the Magnificent who's a terrible sorcerer, except for the the only times that anything he does actually help is when he's trying to help people. When, wasn't he the, wasn't he in Willy Wonka? Yeah, he's the, he's the, um... I am the, now telling, oh no, he's the, he's the teacher. Yes. He, he, he's, he's uh, Charlie's teacher. Yep. Well, I can't just do two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of really great characters. There's a great, I haven't seen this one in a while. It's one of those movies that we watched a ton as we were kids. There's lots of really neat, like, it, 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 it's basically, as the parts come on, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this part. I remember the crystal spider. And he has, Which is and he has creepy. Sand, and it, yeah, and he has a sand in his hand. So, you know, there, there's a part where one of the team, he's he's an old man. He's, you know, he's, he's gone through some horrible things in his life and, and he's, He's actually the first one that Colwyn meets, and they're they're basically trying to. So the the race of these slayers and the beasts they live in the in a black temple, a black castle, black and, fortress, black fortress, and you come into my house, right? Black <laughs> fortress, and he and it moves every day. So at sunrise, it, it's gone, and it's it's somewhere else on the planet crawl. So they have to figure out where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. His former wife that killed their child 
has now secluded herself because, in this because there were responsibilities and he duty. goes to get right so he goes to get yep. goes to talk to her but there's this crystal spider that protects her and he has to get to her before the, the spider gets to him that's a great moment that's the swamp you know with yeah. the quicksand and the the seer that's the not emerald the seer, seer yeah. anymore and i mean honestly my, my favorite and i think the thing that i that i always remember about this movie and again it ties in with the music is they find out where it's going to be but it's like oh, across the world and they have to get there really quickly so they so they, they get these fire horses fire mares yeah the fire mares. fire mares can travel a thousand leagues in a day so they have to go catch these basically clyde's yeah and it's that scene of them running you know galloping as fast as they can and there's fire shooting out from the the hooves of the horses and it's that like it's just it's so Good. So yeah, so and then good. and then they're getting attacked. Like the the the, the cyclops stays behind because he's t- his time's gonna die. You know, it's his time to die. And they're getting attacked and they're dying on the fortress. And then there's one more horse coming to them, and it's like, oh yeah, this it's is awesome. the cyclops. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so great. Maybe one of the coolest, like on par with like the proton pack or the lightsaber. I don't know why it didn't catch on as much for like cool but the glaive yeah fan, the glaive such a fantastical movie weapon like the lightsaber obviously captured the imagination of people everybody like yeah. if you just hold a flashlight boom boom like you, you just do that yeah you've got a, you've the got a glaive lightsaber. you have yeah. a lightsaber the glaive I would posit yeah. is as cool of a weapon like it is it's just yeah. a neat like it's so the so- glaive he had to reach into fire to get this like it wasn't I, I didn't notice this before but it's like the symbol of his family yep is the glaive yeah that's that's what he said. You know, it's an it's a, the glaive's an ancient symbol. We're gonna need more than symbols. And then, yeah, and it's this basically it's this knife that like it's like this five bladed knife that like it's those it it's those throw. it's those foam throwing stars that you get as a kid that you play the foam uh, foam boomerangs that you you throw yeah. on the beach. Only um, these have knives and they can kill beasts. And they and they they are apparently you know buzz saws. You can set it to drill into a wall or cut through a right. wall. So at the end of the movie, they attack the Black Fortress. Lots of them die. It's awesome, and it's not awesome that they die, but it's this beautifully weird set with the inside mm. the Black Fortress that's also might be the Beast's face as well at the same mm-hmm. time. They lose the glaive. The glaive gets stuck in the Beast, and it's still alive. And so he ha- um at the beginning of the movie they pass fire between. A pond, a, a, a chalice, basically, for uh, Colwyn and Lissa, and they get mm-hmm. married. And when they do this, he or she hands him back the fire at the end of the movie, and he just gets fire. It gets a flamethrower from his hand. Yeah. Okay. So that didn't happen at our wedding, by the way. I, I don't have uh, human torch powers. Yeah. I got married to Elizabeth. So here's my thought. Liam Neeson's character says that he's been married about seven times. Does he have seven flamethrowers? I don't... I think that that, that's for royalty. Once again, a violent overthrow of the system. We fought a war to not care Mm -hmm. about royalty in this country. I just... This is not that country. That's crawl. (laughs) Something that threw me off, though, and and continued... Like, I remember the last time I saw it, it was weird, and then this was definitely weird. Okay. So... They save the day. Cohen finds Lissa. They're married. They're going to go rule the planet Krull, and their son shall rule the galaxy. Yes. How's he well, going to get off the planet? That's they're, not the they're, pl- they're a horse riding culture. They don't, they don't have spaceships. We see this one portion of it. There's magic. And as we've established in our previous movie, magic, uh, like magic and sci-fi kind of work together sometimes. 
Or they could just, maybe they could, ruins of the Black Fortress. Maybe there's other things. Maybe there are more beasts who come down and it's a whole pro, it's a whole prophesized thing. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so so that part, that part always is like, yeah, you roll the planet, but galaxy? But, what? Why are, they, why, are they, why are we bringing the galaxy okay. to this? But I, um, yeah, there's a lot of great moments in it. I mean, it's silly. And I'm, I'm not trying to dog on your movie, buddy. Dude, I, mean, I know, I 100% know that this is this is the um the silliest movie on the planet. I'm absolutely. not saying this. This is this is a silly, goofy movie with just you know, there's a lot of stuff in it, but it's also it's fun. It was a fun movie, <laughs> and it has the greatest soundtrack of anything ever. That that do do yourself a favor if you're looking for like I need to get Hype. pumped up. <laughs> yeah. I need to get hyped up. Just listen to the theme, main theme of Crawl. Riding or um, the Friday the Fire Mares or Riding the Fire Mares. Now that's the part that is very much James Horner from Battle Beyond the Stars. And what else, what other movies has he? He's done a couple of them so far. Oh yeah, he and, did. And um, oh, let's look, let's look that the up. The Wizard, uh, Wizard. He did the Wizard of the no, Wizard of the Lost Kingdom. Well, no, he just lit up. I think they just took that soundtrack and gave him a credit so that they could get past doing that. But there's that. It's like the. I think it's strings, but it, it's stuff that you hear in Wrath of Khan. Like there's some string elements. It's like da da da. That one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is a fun movie. I I was excited to to watch this one with you just because it was um it had been a long time since I'd seen this and it just gave me warm fuzzies to like you know think about oh th- this is the next part oh that's gonna happen God. and like oh like oh the fire mares are gonna come this is great. Mm. So um, James Horner did the soundtrack to Commando. Really? Yeah, and Aliens. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking through to see. Yeah, he's going to be on this list at least one more time. For Commando? Why is Commando a fan <laughs> um, No. It, it's, it's got its problems, and, it, and it's, it is very... Some of it hasn't aged great. Oh, I, I know. But, but this was a fun one. What was not fun? Oh, my God. What was not fun? And what I... I actually had to do something that I have not done on this list before. Because I've watched, I've slogged through them all. I might not have paid much attention to a lot of it, but I have Weird watched <laughs> every movie on this list from start to finish until we got to Deathstalker 3 and the Warriors from Hell. So I, I can't tell if it was because it was the bad YouTube copy we were watching. That probably didn't, that. Help, that didn't help. But there was, so I was watching this in the break room at, at work the past couple of days, and I've never felt like I was watching something I shouldn't have been than that movie. And not even because it's... They're going to re- think you're a creep, man. It's relatively tame. Like, compared to compared to the rest of the Deathstalker movies, it's relatively well, I, tame. Well, actually, compared just to, just to the right, like, compared to the first one. I mean, the second yeah. one, the, the second one doesn't have anything really. Awful, yeah. Um, yeah. The first one is, is objectively awful um, from a moral standpoint. There's not there's not a lot there's not a lot of rape there, there isn't any rape in this. There's some gratuitous nudity, but yep. you know that's just a thing. But this was just god awful. And I just I got to the point where I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And then I remembered that this was one that Mystery Science Theater 3000 did, and they hated it. Yeah. So I went and found the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode of this, and I watched that last half of it with Tom Servo and Crow, and it was Joel. Whoa. I don't think it was Mike. I can't remember. But yeah, so I I watched it with them instead of having to watch it. Um, yeah, it, it was atrocious. See that, and that's what what boggles my mind. No, is it, that... it was Mike. It, it wasn't Joel. It was Mike. Okay, okay. It, that's what boggles my mind is that this was say what you will 
about Deathstalker, at least it was semi-coherent. There's a lot of awful things in Deathstalker, uh, like uh, 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 like horrifyingly bad. I know I don't never want to watch that movie again. But you're right. There was I, a coherent thing that happened in the movie. T- hey, hey, tell me what happened in this movie. I got to it first. Tell me what happened in this movie. <laughs> so, so the legendary Deathstalker, legendary in the same way that the Titanic is legendary. Legendary in the same way that this is a completely new actor. Yep. The worst of the three. Yes. Like, who, he, he's trying to play him as, like, a jerk with a heart of gold, but he's just a jerk. He's just a... And, he, and he's just a smarmy, just cocksure... Ugh. They keep talking the, about... They keep talking about him as, like, you know, oh, you've heard of me because I am a legend. No, you're not... The the best one was... The best Deathstalker was the second yeah. one. Yeah. The guy that played him. I, I thought he was the best one. Yeah, this guy was just a... He was a jerk. Okay, so, legendary Deathstalker. Yeah, he's the worst Deathstalker. So, long... A to B plot. Oh, he's, um, the worst, he's the worst Deathstalker. There's a, a village with a festival that he's at. Uh, minions attack a festival because that's what, what minions do in fantasy movies. They attack festivals and villages. There's a, an evil sorcerer who has like half of a gym. And one mm-hmm. of the people at the festival has the other half of a gym. And if you put the gyms together, uh, Treasure City opens up. And it's all a bunch of nonsense because, honestly, I checked out partway through it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I I really couldn't tell you what was going on in this. I mean, it's a standard standard thing. What made it bad? But why was it so bad? I didn't care. It was his lack of charisma, his lack of anything. That nothing happened. That it just like I was bored. He there wasn't enough humor for it to be a comedy. There wasn't enough action for it to be an action film. There wasn't enough gratuitousness for it to be a gratuitous fantasy film. It was just a big pile of blah on top of I didn't care. And a lot of it was just bad acting and bad dialogue and bad everything yeah yeah it was and uh, it's not what it, it wasn't it wasn't offensively bad like some of the things we've watched it just i just didn't care yeah part way through it like i didn't either and and it was just yeah bad <coughs> bad acting no, nothing happened that grabbed me it was just really really terrible don't watch it if you're gonna watch any and this is to, to my library here on campus's credit we actually are the only, I think, in, in North Carolina or in the North Carolina system that has a copy of Deathstalker Two in our it's stacks. That's the good one. That's the good one. Watch that one. <laughs> Everything else you can skip. I mean, we, have, we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to four yet. We have to get to Where, four, and then. Well, we'll... do you know the interesting thing about about Deathstalker <clears throat> Four? What the the original Deathstalker actor came back. Really? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean I I, that, I don't know what that means. We'll get there eventually. All right. Where where let's get to the. Let's get to I mean, the, the... The only reason we watched this was because it's been a year and our first movie was Deathstalker. So. Absolutely. And it was not, It was a nice um, to come back to and and find one that was actually, I think, was worth... worth let's go with the worst one first, okay? Okay. Because I, I, I think this is worse than I Deathstalker. Would, really? Yeah. I think this is worse than Deathstalker. Deathstalker had a ton of rape. It was awful. But there was... There's at least something that happened in it and there was some, like... Like actual like the, when the swords hit, it sounded like swords. This sounded like cardboard hitting cardboard. Yep, yep, yep. This wasn't um, a movie. This was just nonsense. So I'd start below this, Deathstalker. Okay. What about uh, P fifty one Dragon Fighter? Oh God. <laughs> was that even a movie? Actually, I think P fifty one's better. Yeah. All right. Next is the Warrior and the Sorceress. <laughs> what do you think, Lucas? I think the warrior and the sorceress might be worse. 
Yes. Because I didn't, I hated myself and I, I stopped watching. I thought, like, I the movie was over. I went to go get groceries. I came back and didn't realize that it wasn't over. It had just been paused and I had just stopped and I had five minutes remaining. There was at least an, sort of an end to Deathstalker 3. So. Mm, okay. Yep. Between, between Dragon Fighter and Warrior and the Sorceress. Okay. I can get behind that. Okay. All right. Krull. Thing is, like, I'm I'm going through this and the stuff that I'd rather watch that I think is better kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Krull's better than Beowulf. Yes. 100%. Pirates 1. Yeah. Time Bandits. Yeah. Klaus. Oh, no. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then what about The Fifth Element? Dang. Okay. We said it was a better movie. A better movie. Than, yeah. So that puts it, is it better than Klaus? Is The Fifth Element better than Klaus? No. I don't yeah. think so. And that doesn't sound right to me either. That doesn't sound right to me either. I'd say it's better than Crawl. Yeah. And I put it in between cool. Klaus and Crawl. So that puts yeah. So that puts Fifth Element at number five. Wow, okay. That's high up there. Yep. And yeah, the fifth element at five. <laughs> um, and then crawl at six, and then that puts um <laughs> uh what's it called death stock at 3 41 41 somewhere around 41 okay i can live with that yeah yeah, yeah me too cool lucas where can uh oh. folks find us on the interwebs uh they can they can find us at twitter at sword in board cast same thing on instagram lars do you have anything else you want to say no thank you for uh for listening and uh again send us uh send us some recommendations we're uh we're always looking for new movies to, to check out. So if you have a favorite, um, we'd love to hear them. So uh, let us know. Yep. Our theme song is Goblin Road Trip by Ryan Boyd. They can be found at at Ryan Boyd. Our header and art is done by Wes Forbis. Hope you guys had a good night and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Adios.